you know, Justin, I don't know if I have a, a pitch for this. It's a spooky, how many, there's so many spooky house movies house and that we can, can, we can continue to ring it out. Here, I'll, like, I'll, I'll pitch it to you. Okay. Okay. Are we ready? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm ready. Ding. Uh, uh, excuse me, sir. Mr. Uh, head of uh, the studio. Yeah. Hey, can I pitch a movie to you? Go ahead. Okay, everyone loves spooky stories. Sorry to interrupt, sir. Oh, you, oh, you, oh, 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 God, how are you? It's a Mr. Maverick. <laughs> you, you forgot your sweet tea before entering the <laughs> elevator. <laughs> I'm not myself without my sweet tea. Let me he go low, he's like a lower CEO. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this elevator has no ventilation. Oh, that is that is a sweet, sweet day. Okay. Glad I brought my fan. Okay, young man, you will tell me about a, a movie. Yeah, sorry about that, sir. Um, anyways, fuck it. It's called Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the guy who directed Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Devil saw it. I'm so sorry. All right. Well, he's going to direct this. Maybe. Maybe. He, wink, wink. Nudge, well, I guess nudge. I have to give you money to find out if he does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, then, you have got yourself a gold picture. Oh, great. Great. And can the Thank movie you. be sponsored by Sweet Tea? No, it could be sponsored by Curses. Curses will follow everyone. <laughs> Drop the theme. Welcome back to The Cable Boys, the internet's only podcast about movies. That's right, Justin. We're just three wispy, see-through, white smoke things <laughs> that like to talk about movies from our childhood that were inappropriate for one reason or another. <clears throat> like 1982's spooky house horror film, Poultry. Pult- I keep saying poultry, guys. Keep <laughs> it's doing not the it. trauma movie. Poultry you do guys. it every time. I'm really not trying to do it either. It's poltergeist. Um, has, nobody's done uh, coltergeist, have they? And coltergeist. And coulter. Yeah, and coltergeist. That seemed uh, two years too late of a sketch. Is it, she's in this movie. She shows up at one point. She <laughs> yeah, she's, out the, of she's the white. She's the white smoke. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, by the way, we are joined in, I, I was going to say like, uh, speaking of <laughs> Ann Coulter, but there's nothing like Ann Coulter that relates to this guest. We are so fortunate, so happy, so pleased as punch to be joined by actor, voice actor, podcast host, impressionist, writer, handsome man, Dan Oster. Give it up for Dan Oster, everybody. Thank you. It's just great to be here with three beta males. I hope you go to work. Welcome. Our show is called Chat Are You Doing? Uh, this is... Uh, thank yeah. you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, that was a, a very nice intro. I, I appreciate it. I don't get that at home, so thank you. 
I, I try to do my best. Uh, Dan, if you were going to write a book uh, to inflame half of America, what would it be about? <laughs> uh, why uh, uh, women have it wrong. <laughs> that would inflame 51% of America. Would that oh, be good. like a fun coloring book? Or like, uh, like a, one of those, what were those books where you it's, could put dresses on people? Yeah, like a, well, I was going to say paper dolls. Is that a, th- a paper? Yeah, doll that's book? that's it's paper a, dolls. It's a paper yeah. doll mm-hmm. book. Uh, no, it's like a connect the dots. You that's how you find out like how <laughs> they're wrong on issues and how if you treat them well, you're actually doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, you picked this movie. You picked uh, Poltergeist. Did you watched it as a kid? I take it. I did. So this, my understanding from Kevin was that this is the requirement, the only requirement for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that you had to have, you had to bring a movie that you had seen when you were too young to see it, or it was inappropriate for you to see. I guess for, for uh, maybe there's other contexts where that would be true. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was definitely too young to see this. This was, and you've probably run into this before that the MPAA wasn't really ready for this movie. So it was a PG movie, uh, and it is not. <laughs> That's crazy. It is not a PG movie, and no. I remember pretty distinctly that my parents had rented it. So it was a V because it was an '82 and it came out. So I was too young to see it in theaters. But my parents definitely brought it home on VHS, and the scene. It, I think you probably know the scene I'm talking about when the the paranormal investigator. First of all, the steak is really terrifying. Oh, yes. That whole, yeah. that and you think, yes. you know, he gets the steak out of the refrigerator and it like grows tumors. and It's like horrible. And that's bad enough. But then, you know, in case you weren't traumatized from that, he goes into a bathroom and, uh, uh, you know, we've all done this. You see something on your face and you start messing with it. Yeah. <laughs> and tears and it's extended. I mean, he tears yeah. his face yes. off of his own skull and, you know, if you stick around with that scene, you learn that it's a, like a dream sequence. But we didn't. <laughs> so The we, end. Yeah, really. That's where the movie ended for me. It stopped. They, we, my parents ran. They, my brother and I, our eyes rolling back in our heads. Just like, we just were overloaded with what we were experiencing. And they turned it off. And that was the end of the movie. I don't know when I came back to it. But that was, as far as I was concerned, credits. I love the idea that you you would tell people later, like, oh, like Poltergeist. Yeah, that's one where it just ends with the guy peeling off his face. That's it, right? Yeah, it's about a 33-minute movie. Yeah. Um, pretty tight script, I think. Uh, that, dark ending, but yeah. That definitely was a terrifying moment. I think it is equally terrifying that that guy went for a snack and there was loose, uh, just yes. loose porterhouses in there. Just like, well, like we'll have to uh, get into not- this of like just because again, we I watched this the other, the other night with Elizabeth, who also watched it too young, and she was. Saying, well, I mean, just now when she saw, it. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, we were talking about like, is this a, a good movie? I don't think it's up for debate. I think it's a really uh, good it? movie. Mm, is it? I do. I really do. It's certainly okay. influential. I mean, I don't know what metric we want to use, but it's definitely an influential movie. But well, I'm, I'm sorry, Dan. Dan, you say it's not up for debate. Uh, Justin has placed it up for debate. You are <laughs> yeah. incorrect. And the podcast no. there, no. like, like the movie, just like, like nope, the, sorry. Dan's a, the Mitch McConnell of the <laughs> podcast world. Nope, doesn't uh, exist. I'm afraid this will not be up for debate. Uh, <laughs> Poltergeist is a seminal film. 
Excuse, <laughs> excuse me, sir. You forgot your sweet tea before oh, you went to answer that question. This is the assistant studio head. <laughs> now, yeah, since you listened to the uh, Natural Born Killers episode and we didn't do any of our segments, you're not going to know about the Cable Boys filibuster. Uh-huh. Where it's a <laughs> ten-hour episode where Justin just goes off and just yeah. talks about everything and anything. I'm glad it's a speaking filibuster. Good yeah. for you for mm-hmm. observing that. I'm yeah. I, I'm actually in Justin's side a little bit. I'm not sure if this oh. is, is that good. the 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 parts that are effective are very good. Like that. Like that scene. Even watching it earlier this morning was was like, oh, this is yeah. disgusting. Uh, but there are moments where I was like, "This is boring." Oh, okay. <laughs> like, well, it's, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I. However, you want to dive into that question, yeah. I'm happy to because I, I feel pretty confident that this movie holds up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just on the pacing thing, I mean, I admit that it's a 1982 pacing. Yeah. Um, but I could defend some of that too and say that these side characters are more fleshed out than they would be, and I like that. Just yeah, so, just, just so you know, Dan, I like I'm I'm also on your side. I think oh, good. Uh, I right. think oh. that this holds up. We got uh, we got even teams, two mm-hmm. for two. Let's see what happens. Can uh, we do a Can we do a, like a waiting room? Can we like Justin and I leave for a minute and formulate our cough <laughs> room? Put our yeah. notes together. No, our, yeah, can you do that on a podcast? Can people pick which stream they listen to? <laughs> they do all the time with us. They choose not to. <laughs> Any like, other podcast? They're yeah. like, oh, a new rewatchables. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but like, so like, watch the movie. It's it. I didn't have a really a problem with the pacing. It's weird. Like, it takes about forty minutes for anything actually really to happen. Right. Like, and then it is broken up to like it just keeps ramping up from there, which is actually pretty cool. The last twenty minutes is great. Like, you got to admit that movie has one of the great fake endings. Yeah, it's a great fake ending. Mm-hmm. Loved it. But there's a lot of just logic choices in the movie that make no sense. Okay. Like, we're like, just like, not not even from like today's point of view, but like the part like in the movie where there's like the fucking uh, construction workers cat calling the daughter. I don't know if that's a plot problem as <laughs> much as a <laughs> but, but it's a weird, problem. You saw them as being a part of the haunting. They were well, somehow involved. Well, one, they shouldn't. Why? Why are they there? Yeah. To but build, to matter. dig but the then, pool. Yeah, they're building but, the pool. I know, but <laughs> so, but why is this? People like, later you, on would be like, "Why is there a half-built pool? <laughs> why do you need this scene with like these guys catcalling the daughter?" And then the mom is very like, "Oh, she's she handled it." Well, Where I think I, the reality know, would be like, you'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing, my catcalling yeah, my seventeen-year-old daughter?" I think you have, as as an expert prosecutor, you have picked the one thing that's probably the weakest <laughs> beat in the film uh it's not as it's not a structural beat i think part of that i think it's a failed attempt at humor although i would argue that this movie is a funny movie a lot of the time and and can actually be pretty successful at some of the comedy in it that i think they were trying to be funny in 1982 maybe it was like oh that's hilarious but now we look at it and it's like this is a whole, this is the scariest thing in the movie the funniest part is it's the <laughs> it's the, it's it's the guy from uh one of the guys is the guy from uh, Predator, the guy who stands on the bridge. And <laughs> oh, really? That's where I recognize him from. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. It. That, wow. that's a scarier movie. That uh, you hire a misogynistic, sexist uh, construction crew that will never leave. Yeah. Like they're just constantly that's building just and eat, just eat your food. And that's like, every construction <laughs> crew. <your> <laughs> yeah, every eat, construction crew is misogynistic. Eating, 
eating chili and drinking coffee and you're like i can't the bathroom's the door it's like i can't get in because that guy's just shitting all day but if i may uh, redirect uh justin uh, so this is a weak part of the film but you're using it to say what that it has just a lot of excess there's just like weird excess stuff and then or just like so it just cuts from her going into the tv if we get to like the plot of like the daughter goes into the TV or then this, the fucking closet and then goes into the TV, whatever. But like, then it's just the dad at the like investigators place. Like at the college when he's like, I've never gone to the police. I'm like, why wouldn't you go to the police? And make, that makes no sense. Like how he found their number, like well, so he goes to like, the police and says, "My daughter's in the TV." Well, he well he goes, <laughs> he's gone from A to F. He's seen a lot, though. What I think is sort of interesting is that like they don't tease it out where they think where he thinks his wife's crazy. Like she, he comes oh, home yeah. and she's like, "Check this out," and it's like crazy shit. So he's he's on board pretty quickly. Yeah. Um. So I I, I kind of can understand why maybe he wouldn't go to the police. There could have been a scene where he tries to or... yeah i feel like it, it's missing a couple of just things like that yeah like, i can yeah. understand that i mean i guess the story uh, the reason that you would put that in a story is you want the character to do the thing that you would do right yes yeah and he doesn't necessarily i think it's, also uh, Kevin, also please. that <laughs> that scene uh going to the police uh would would do nothing if if you inserted that scene i i think in in the investigator scene uh, they state that it's like it, two weeks have passed. Mm. And so like, I'm sure they did film it and they plugged it in. And like, it was just, it was just cops going like, you're crazy. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 like, the cops would be like, we didn't find any ghosts, but half the construction crew's sex offenders. So we're not going to do anything about that either. Uh, oh no, that, that's, well, that's why. I, Kevin, that, you have to understand Justin's argument. This movie has too many scenes and we need to add some. <laughs> Right. I think uh, I think we need to solve it like, by adding additional scenes. It I does sort of just replace does. those scenes. I think this movie is like odd, like not structured very well. Like okay. the, like mm-hmm. like it it reminded me of um, what's Jordan Peele's second movie, Us, mm-hmm. where it was like here's here's the setup. Like it has Act One and then Act Three, and there's like no Act Two. Mm-hmm. It's like 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 the climax starts like forty minutes in. Mm-hmm. And, and how much of that just... do you think is like poor plotting, and how much of that do you think is just that it's you know an older style of, of movie? It's bri- it's interesting because it's bridging like gothic horror and modern horror, so it's sort of in this in between space, and, and that's why I was trying to give it credit at the top for being kind of an influential film because oh, no. you don't you don't get a lot of other worse movies, you know, like Conjuring's and Insidiouses and stuff. But it but I mean, how much of that do you think is because like if you go back and watch haunted house movies prior to this i mean you want to talk about slow and so oh, sure not, yeah not, and not plot driven you know mm-hmm. absolutely yeah i no, i think you're onto something because i think it's also bridging 70s filmmaking where everyone's yeah. stoned and just kind of like <laughs> yes. having a good time and 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 later 80s movies that are like as we've discussed on a lot of episodes like they're clockwork man like yeah. 30 minutes in that's act one right you know like mm-hmm. everything like that so yeah this one just feels like it's like just meandering at times and then it's like Okay, now we're into the action, and then it meanders again. I think pacing-wise, it reminds and, and aesthetically, it reminds me of the uh, the movie that came out within a week of it, ET. Mm-hmm. It like looks exactly very, the same. It looks like it takes place in the ET house in the ET neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like they just like by day they shot the ET movie, and then by night they shot Poltergeist. Yeah, but but those the pacing of both of those movies actually feels. Pr- 
pretty similar to me because I watched E.T. pretty recently. And I'll tell you one thing I appreciated about the pacing of both of those films is they do not worry about spending time at the top establishing this family, you know what I mean? At, mm-hmm. at better mm-hmm. times. So you have a sense of their dynamic. You like them. They're generally, you know, mm-hmm. pretty, they have a good vibe. Um, so a lot of that top is that it could be any movie. It doesn't have to be a horror movie. There's very little to even imply that it's a horror movie at the top. And as I mentioned, it's funny. I think there's some good, solid, funny stuff at the top. And I'm really impressed with the way that the comedy then leaves the movie mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. It comes mm-hmm. back in a couple of points, but it generally leaves the movie, which I just think is such a cool tonal shift. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. actually it's it's uh it's very much purposeful. It sort of just sits you in just sort of like uh the the non-city like the the suburbs that Spielberg loves and like everything is cheery but like all the trees are dead. Like uh, we get an overview of the city but it's like from up on the hill where the graveyard is and there's just like there's cheery music and then it, there's like uh, what you think is a kid riding a bike, but then it's just like a balding man holding a bunch of beer. <laughs> and then like, uh, and then something uh, I I watched I watched somebody's like YouTube critique of the movie, and he pointed out that like a lot of uh, a lot of the setup is just like it's not menacing yet, but it's just sort of planting the seed of the fact that uh, unseen interferences. Uh, can ruin people's lives. So like he's he's riding the bike, and then the remote control car that he does like radio waves doesn't see, and it like knocks over his bike, and he spills the beer everywhere. And I'm then, sure it, it really bothered Justin the way that guy ran into the house and beer was flying everywhere. I was just about to say that killed me. Well, it's just <laughs> I, there's a weird character tonal thing for that happens throughout the movie. Where I'm like, that's not. <laughs> that's a stupid scene that also i will say that's the second weakest part is that this guy's yeah. spraying Spilling. beer all over their home and no one seems to care yeah <laughs> yeah it's really bad i uh, mean but, yeah. yeah we can we can jump right into uh scenes that make you go hmm uh definitely <laughs> him spilling beer all over the house but then like uh the group of guys who are all watching uh football uh one of them is in a jersey Another guy like looks like he's on a fishing trip. Yeah, he's a fisherman. Uh, yeah. I wrote down a fisherman. Uh, Bonnie Prince Billy is there. Uh, What's going on? <laughs> one guy, uh, uh, Craig T. Nelson, is basically just like a trucker with a cigar. Yeah. And then again, like uh, remote control mishaps. It's it's just like these uh, things that uh, are invisible to the naked eye. Ah, he he gets see. he gets he gets in an argument with the next door neighbor over they have the same remote which makes zero sense yeah uh the only thing the thing that made me go did happen it did happen so when i was younger sorry kevin but i'm gonna just take over for a second when i was younger our neighborhood was like that everyone had the same remote and you could you could change uh your neighbor's television and so when uh, a friend of mine would stay over we would when my parents went to sleep we would take our remote go around the neighborhood sneaking around at night <laughs> go to windows and turn on the tv and turn it up full blast and put it somewhere and we made the local paper oh we did it, we did it for a while and they were like some some, some young punks are uh <laughs> yeah. putting on skinamax yeah yeah, yeah that, well, that was totally a thing well i uh thank you thank you for that story i uh mm-hmm. i reclaim my time it was uh, the only implausible thing in the film 
they they are going back and forth, just changing the channel each time. Going like each time with a an air of this is the last time I'm changing this. Like mm-hmm. each one was so confident, and then it, the the scene ends with Craig T. Nelson changing the channel like rapid fire. He hits it like ten times as he's going back in, yeah. bas- basically ruining. <laughs> ruining it for everyone they're now on like channel 32 when the game was on 16 you know this discussion makes me realize like yeah i think you could probably cut some of this out like we've established like the fake tone you know and all this stuff or like the the misleading tone pretty well without a lot of this extra stuff so yeah you could probably take some of it out i don't think it's a a mortal sin you know but i think it's it's probably got a little fat in that area sure i think it enhances the movie i'm not saying it's not a fun movie or like and I, again, it's super influential and in all this, but there's like a lot of flaws that I don't remember really noticing. Like, okay, like a scene that makes me go home is when they first bring the investigators over and Craig T. Nelson looks like shit. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Joe Beth Williams, who, by the way, is a fucking smoke show. Agreed. Fucking I wish she didn't show. dye her hair after she got the gray streaks. I thought that was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She had a rogue thing going yeah. on. It was yeah. nice. <laughs> This is now a Joe Beth Williams fan cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe Beth, call me. Isn't it um, funny, too, by the way, just you see these movies as children, and then you see them as adults. I'm older now than she is yeah. in the movie, so I'm like, yeah, yeah I guess I have the hots for a younger... <laughs> <laughs> well, I also, like, on a side note of, like, when she's... When her and Christy Nelson are, like, in bed smoking a joint and stuff, I remember as a kid watching that being like, I don't think adults smoke weed. I thought that's like a teenager, like young person thing. Yeah. Cut now to we're like, all... cut to me all those, but the kids are going to bed. And we're all... Yeah. Archie's in the doorway, like dad. And you're like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm reading, on reading a, Re- a Reagan biography. <laughs> yeah. And smoking yeah. A joint. I, I, I actually, I noted that too, Justin. Um, I think there's actually uh, a larger point being made by that, but you're right. It's really funny that he looks like shit <laughs> and she seems pretty put together, but she's like mm-hmm. really put together. And it's it, it. I guess the idea is maybe that she's kind of like gone a little crazy, even though I don't know. Like, I I, I definitely thought like the it's like the every straight couple meme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a larger theme. There's a lot of themes in this movie. I'm not sure I could lock onto like what the theme is necessarily because I don't really think I'm equipped for it. But I do think that one of the big themes is, you know, uh, birth and motherhood. Uh, you know, when they come out of the portal, they're covered in, like, am- amniotic fluid and stuff. Um, and I, when I see that she's handling it, like, she has to do all the hard stuff in this movie. You know, he's standing by. He's a really a bystander throughout the bulk of the film. And she's got to do all the hard shit. And she does it. And she pulls it off. So I, it, it's, I think this is such a great movie about, like... She, it's like moms, you know, how awesome moms are and what they're willing to do, you know? Mm-hmm. I think my my one uh, scene that made me go, hmm, was something I specifically remembered and I finally had an answer for it uh, doing research for this podcast, which was, hey, why does that movie just cut away like in that one scene like that that is yeah when they're talking to the the neighbor that scene or which which it's in the it's in the kitchen when she's showing on the chair going Uh oh okay and then they they cut to the neighbor yeah 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 i thought there was a really weird edit somewhere around there maybe that's the one is it with the one that's like in the middle of a sentence right yeah she's like talking in it yeah thank you okay that is yeah Um, I like had always had that in my head and I thought like, did I have like a busted VHS or something? Like, why mm-hmm. did this get 
like cut mid sentence. Yeah. And it's because I think the kid said like Pizza Hut sucks or something. Oh. And that's what I looked up and I was like, well, they couldn't work around that. Like there was no other yeah. takes. There was the best, the best idea in the room with Oscar winners and everybody was just like, nah, just who gives a shit? What well, they also saying. got clearance got right by to. everything else in the fucking world in this movie. I was like star wars and yeah, yeah the tv is basically evil it's like is magnavox not like hey yeah, maybe right. use a, a zenith yeah <laughs> i will i will say that both uh elliot and um i forget the name it's like robbie i think is the kid's name yeah have some awesome star wars merch yeah oh kids. dude that room yeah. is worth like 50 grand yeah no. yeah 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 that's that- one that's one thing i don't like about spielberg and george lucas in general is uh they love to just like pat each other on the back like nonstop, like just like yeah and they putting- really haven't earned it i mean that's what it yeah. <laughs> right yeah but yeah they they just love to make references to each other's films and like yeah there's like uh there's the bedspread mm-hmm. there's the uh there's the poster all legitimate things like a big yeah, darth yeah. a big was- darth vader head mm-hmm. and then like uh in order to cover up the clown he throws a red Chewbacca jacket. Yeah, yeah. That, like, jacket, that jacket looked like a prop that I made. Yeah. It looked like, like yeah. he printed out Chewbacca and <laughs> yeah. like, taped it to a jacket. There was the, the Jar Jar pajamas, like uh-huh. yeah. 30 years ahead of it. <laughs> Lucas had the stuff all planned out from the beginning. Uh, that sort of like brings me to, uh, to the primary uh, controversy about this movie. Uh, which is whether Toby Hooper was the real director or whether Steven Spielberg took it. And I say that mostly because uh, obviously there's a lot of stuff leading to it. But I remember specifically reading that once uh, photography had finished, uh, Toby went to the editing bay and Spielberg uh, went to, uh, to supervise all of the special effects. And the special effects are what make this movie. It's mm-hmm. definitely like what people remember. Whereas Toby is just like cutting in the middle of a sentence because he never. <laughs> that was Toby's, never... Toby's one edit was the yeah. uh, was the kitchen <laughs> scene. I, I think get like... one. I get to do one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mid syllable. Mid syllable. <laughs> nope. We can still hear her yeah. whole word. <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, one one thing I think about the structure of the pacing is it does feel like there are two heads, like, calling the shots. And then one is like, well, what if we do this? And the other guy's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> like, you go. There's like, I'm a master filmmaker. Uh, well, I, you know, I'm curious, actually, because there's a little debate. All right, good movie, bad movie. I'm curious about uh, Toby versus Steven, who really directed it. Is there a split opinion here? Well, what I had read was kind of like the days of some of the days of shooting, the crew was like, we don't know who to listen to. Yeah. Like Spielberg was just coming as like the producer to the set and like an advisor, supervisor and whatever. Yeah. But then would like direct essentially I was like, oh, I, no, I'm not directing, but you guys, should, I think you guys should do this. And they were like, we don't, who's the director here. See the, the thing is like Toby Hooper is a weirder filmmaker than I think people think now and think then. And like he had a huge hit with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but if when you really look at that film, it's like a weird art film. Like it's not gory. There's no actual murders mm-hmm. on screen. And 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 before that movie, he made like a bunch of very weird experimental uh, shorts and stuff. So I I think he's like a goofball or like a real weirdo. And I think Spielberg is obviously like a, a hit maker. And he's like, I know what makes movies good. 
And so I think they just are, they had to constantly be at loggerheads of like. I wonder how much of it was con- con- conflict between the two of them and how much mm-hmm. of it, because they claim it wasn't. So I, yeah. to this yeah. day, well, T- Toby Pepper's dead, but like up until the end, he was claiming that, you know, that it wasn't contentious. And I could see a world where it wasn't. And mm-hmm. where Steven Spielberg is like, is, is like me, really. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Can uh can we talk about Toby Hooper for a little bit? Sure. sure. I just wanted to, I just want to say I just was thinking that Steven Spielberg being on set would have a very hard time not yes. being Steven Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. for sure. But the the yeah, movie as... looks exactly like E.T. Like right. that's mm-hmm. the other thing right. that's weird is like it looks like a Spielberg movie. And the deal was he was not he was contractually not allowed to be directing anything else while he was making E.T. So this is yes. you know, you kind of go like, okay, I think I know what happened. Here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Hey Toby, uh yeah. Why don't we say? Yeah, what, Stephen? What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Are you making a movie? <laughs> here. Steven Spielberg had a simple way to describe Poltergeist before it came out. Just that it's real scary. <laughs> it's real scary. The Oscar-winning director gave E.T. the lowdown on the making of this horror classic. So there's some esoteria in Poltergeist, but essentially it's, it's a movie about tightening your stomach muscles and keeping them there for two hours. You know, until something gives, either the movie or your stomach. This house is clean. Spielberg broke onto the scene by terrifying audiences with Jaws, and he couldn't help but compare Poltergeist to his very first blockbuster. It's sort of a land Jaws for me. It's 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 a movie about ghosts. Cable So, uh, so Toby Hooper uh, struck it big with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, one of the highest-grossing independent films of the 70s. Uh, the Guardian described it as one of the most influential films ever made, and I think it's because it uh, created a new standard for the slasher flick. It it just changed everything. No, nobody like uh, like Poe said. It's like it's very artsy. There's not a whole lot of gore, and I think uh, him in doing that, he was like. I'm I'm just a guy who subverts expectations. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I mean, have you uh, seen the second one? The second one is the exact opposite. Yeah, yeah. the second one is super gory. It's like a Looney Tunes. I mean, yeah, funny enough, but it's like a Looney Tunes uh, cartoon. Like yeah. the humor involved, like it's crazy. And similarly, the drop off between Poltergeist and Poltergeist Two is <laughs> steep. Yes. <laughs> well, that's because it's in a, a high rise. That's three, but yes. Oh, it is. Which which one's in the uh, airport? <laughs> is that that's Poltergeist? Di- no, that's Die Hard Two. <laughs> die Hard 2. <laughs> I thought it went Poltergeist, Die Hard, Die Hard Two. <laughs> yeah, Die Hard, die Hard Two started as a Poltergeist script. <laughs> uh, so his his second his second film was Eden Alive, which was like a alligator uh, chompy movie. Uh, he walked off set before shooting had completed. He basically was just like, I'm difficult. I'm done with this. Fuck this. Uh, he was, he <laughs> was paraphrasing, then, of course. A, a little bit. Uh, I don't have direct quotes. Uh, then uh, he was hired to do The Dark. Three days into shooting, he was already behind schedule and was fired from that. Uh, in 81, uh, he started doing Venom, which was with Klaus Kinski, and uh, Klaus Kinski like led a rebellion against him to get him fired. That's not necessarily uh, his fault, though. Yeah, I think yeah, he did yeah. that on every movie. Yeah, yeah. Kla- Klaus notoriously easy to work with. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hard to know. 
But yeah, the guy who took over directing uh, said, I took over short notice. Uh, Toby had been directing it, and they stopped for whatever reason. It hadn't been working. I did see some of his stuff, and it didn't look particularly good. Plus, he had some sort of nervous breakdown or something. Yeah, so this was, yeah, Poltergeist is a great yeah. Steven Spielberg picture. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's so easy just to compare the IMDb's of the two, you know, and I feel like... Oh. Well, Steven Spielberg went off to make many, many movies that are great and, and remembered. And Toby Hoover went and did like Life Force and like an episode well, from Tales from the Crypt. So, so because of Poltergeist, uh, Canon uh, Pictures actually gave him a huge deal. He was like, with uh, ba- based on the success of uh, this Steven Spielberg film. Steven, like, uh, I, I worked my ass off on this. Steven got all the credit. This is my moment to shine. And so he made Life Force, which <laughs> is about space vampires. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have something to say about space <laughs> vampires. Uh, they suck energy, not blood. And uh, what uh, <laughs> I, think, I think the lead woman is naked for yeah. the majority it's, of the film. It's actually yeah. not a, that bad of a movie, but uh, it is bonkers. It is like I would like to see. It reminds me a little bit of the uh, George Romero, uh, John Russo uh, debate. You know, those are the two yeah. guys that made mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead. And once again, you know, you look at what George Romero did, and you know, interesting stuff after that. And 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 John Russo was like. Christmas hookers or something like yeah. I see but, his next picture. See, this might be yeah. most controversial. I think George Romero is those movies wow. are so boring. The mm. the Dawn of the Dead in the Mall. It's, yeah. I, oh so you God. just don't understand subtext is your problem. I don't need it. I don't want it. I do understand it. I don't need it. I I'm need... done with it. <laughs> give me the give me the text. I'm I'm the guy. With, I'm the guy holding the reels, going to the drive-in, like just blood, guts, titties. Let's go. I mean, it's, like keep your Vietnam allegories out of my movie. <laughs> yeah. Take your. I don't. I do not give a shit. I want my zombie movie to be about one thing: zombies, <laughs> yeah, yes. and how many of them I can kill. <laughs> Um, so I, you know, I, if I can just say something I really like about this movie is that I, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly what it's saying to me. Obviously, the television is a big part, you know, of uh, central to the imagery and everything. And you've got this suburban home, you've got all you know, this '80s, you know, products and everything. They're all they're all pretty comfortable, and then you know they are just slammed with the unexpected and it could easily be a non-supernatural event i mean you know a child going missing's bad enough i mean that's a completely different genre but it's a similar kind of you know feeling but these people are just hit with like just the most unknown i mean you were talking about the special effects in this and they really do still hold up and this this typical 80s suburban family is suddenly grappling with you know death probably the greatest unknown and i just i just love that about it i love it just it really creates this feeling that we are just skimming along the surface it's almost like a lovecraftian thing you know you'd have no idea how deep that goes and how dark and scary it is um and i think it's doing it in a way that really uh is so relatable to audiences of the time you know so that's why i like it and what a pain in in the acid is to get a tree uh out of your house when it when it falls yeah yeah. Which happened to our house. It, it's, it's tough. It's hard to, hard to do that. Um. <laughs> I don't know. Like, and the mom, like being very 
put together like when the people come over and she's like oh i'm sorry like excuse me i'm kind of embarrassed that's not how it is in your home <laughs> i was like what <laughs> this is it's such a weird attitude but then the rest of it's like but then again it, it'll change and i'm like oh no she seems really like a mom who's like i'm gonna do anything for my kids and stuff yeah. speaking mm-hmm. of that fucking robbie gets it rough between yeah. him and the mom they are just Robbie, the Robbie ringer. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, poor bastard. At one point, he has like an open wound on his nose. Yeah, yeah. they're all just like hanging out. <laughs> yeah, he's he's bleeding, and they're just like, uh, "We're gonna go elsewhere." Robbie, yeah. you stay put. I guess. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We gotta Rob, find this kid. Robbie and the and, mom, man. And nothing scarier, I I would think, than seeing your mom soaking wet in her panties. I mean, that would just. <laughs> It's just going to ruin your childhood. Yeah, <laughs> seeing your mom writhe around on the wall in the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. like, that's going to stay with you. Yeah. Did you guys see the remake with Sam Rockwell? No. Oh, it wasn't they did that make bad. One. It wasn't. It was pretty good. Do you it, like it, was, it more than the original? No, I do not. Okay. I, I like this sure. better. But I was trying to think of like how else could you update this? And I well, have another. I have another pitch for you guys. Ding. Yeah. No, uh, no, no, the, no, Southern guy. Not, here. not elevator. <laughs> Does he pitch it, too? The Southern guy also pitches. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, why? yeah. Uh, um, Hello, hi, I'm a studio head. I have the writer coming in. <laughs> it's called uh, Instageist, and your kid gets sucked into an Instagram story. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And you try. You have to figure out how to get them out. And then you figure out, oh, you, because you only have 24, you have 24 hours because Instagram stories go away. That's good. But if you can get people to uh, share it, then you buy more time. Mm. And that's all I got. I don't know how you get out of it. Yeah. It sounds like to, a perfect to hear Instagram the rest of my reels. pitch, yeah. you have to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were talking about Robbie getting it good, but you were also saying that the mom has it the worst. I think she brought it on herself a little bit. One, that she, she had laughing. kids. <laughs> What? Yeah. She had kids? Comes victim At blaming. 16. That's all that, they pass over that real fast. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. sorry, Kevin. If I can just, because we're on that, the ages don't line up. Yeah, they she's 32 and they she's 16. They explicitly state that she's 32. Uh, Dominique Dunn is 22, playing, let's say 16. 16 which means let's 16. say 16. So her mom had her at 18 at, at best. Then they didn't have kids at for like 18? 10. What are you talking about? You have to do math. <laughs> he said at best. At best, you're just 16. <laughs> So wait, she's right. 32, yeah. oh, 16. So she would have had her at 16. Then. Yeah, mm-hmm. which makes yeah. sense because then Robbie is like a good, I don't know. I'm, sorry, I'm, doing, the Matt, I'm doing Matt Gates math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was a 16-year-old woman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they said we couldn't do topical. Well, it did, but it did kind of make sense in the sense of I was like, okay, well, they waited, like maybe they had her on accident, but then they right, waited right. like right. six, it's seven not, years it's not, to have. It's not impossible, but it definitely yeah. makes you go, okay, there's a story here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, movie. let's watch yeah. that movie. I guess the fact that uh, she is a little bit younger does explain what I, I was going to say. One, that she's like laughing at her 16 year old daughter, like uh, getting uh, cat called uh, and flipping them off. <laughs> yeah. Three I, how do you think ways. your father met me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But but then but then she's like uh, she's like hey uh, hey dad or <laughs> daddy uh, hey <laughs> hey husband you sure uh, you watched Poltergeist <laughs> uh, isn't it remake? isn't it crazy that when I put like uh, I put a chair here it just moves magically anyway uh, my daughter's next I'm gonna put a yeah, ram's exactly. helmet on her and use her as a guinea pig well personality wise for whatever reason they definitely establish her as more of a believer. 
They say like it's like as a kid, she used to like they allude to her having some kind of connection. Well, we learn we learn in Poltergeist too that her family has psychic abilities. Wow. So there you go. Oh wow! The, when we were talking about remakes, that's what I was thinking of. Um, they Insidious is basically a remake of this, right? But that answers kind of like the questions I wanted answered for of like their kid goes missing and then they go to this people and they go to this people and like. And it, so you think Insidious is a superior film? It's definitely scarier. Really? I've never seen it. I just, I, I no, lump really. all those, like Conjuring, Insidious, Annabelle, the, yeah. the, the coming, whatever they the all Conjuring. are. The Conjuring. The Conjuring, Annabelle. The Conjuring versus, is scary too. Versus uh, Paranormal Activity. Like, <laughs> just, they all lump together for me. You know? Insidious is good because it, again, it, it does like a little more of like, it's, it's, Essentially fucking poltergeist. Like the yeah. kid goes missing. You find out that the dad has also the same kind of like sleepwalking ability, like as a kid, but then lost it, which is kind of, you know, they also allude to that a little bit in poltergeist. Um, and then the kid goes to like this kind of like nether world. That's an in-between world of like dead people. Uh-huh. And so it's a, the same thing. But in that movie, they actually go there. There's actually scenes of like. In the netherworld. See, I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to whether it's good or not, but I will say that, you know, general principle for me is the more you show, the less scary something becomes. So I do like that you don't see the afterlife, you know, you don't see, or the in-between limbo space. I thought, uh, speaking speaking of the underworld uh, limbo space, uh, that was another scene that uh, made me laugh, was uh, when they were testing out, they had discovered that uh, the link was between the closet and the ceiling of the living room. And so uh, they do the tennis ball, and uh, the guy like writes number one and number two, and then they throw it through, and he's like, hey, it's my handwriting. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. it, it, it made it, <laughs> like, I think just a, <laughs> just a tennis ball coming through yeah. is enough, first you of think, all. You think he's tried that before, and it was a ghost prank? Like, they yeah. had their own yeah. tennis ball yeah. out, yeah. but they had written... <laughs> a titleist? Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is, that is the, the perfect... That guy, I, I, you know, I hesitate to say. I hope I'm not racist when I say he reminds me so much of Ray Parker Jr. Yes, I, yeah, I broke do, that down too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he would go on to do the Ghostbusters theme. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like he's dressed as him for Halloween. At the yeah, <laughs> like he's in like roll like rolled up sleeves uh, and like a, a members only jacket or something. I feel mm-hmm. like. Yep, same little mustache, like everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with Dan. The less you see, I think, it, the scarier it is. Which is why I can only imagine how gross that Pizza Hut pizza looked. <laughs> oh god like, it sucks yeah it sucks it probably it's really probably like mushrooms and anchovies. i mean judging from what i saw in the film it was probably some sort of like gaping vaginal opening <laughs> yeah. with light emanating from it. pizza the hut yeah so uh justin was talking a little bit about this movie being sort of a genre archetype uh that's very interesting to me specifically because uh did you guys hear about the origin of this script in particular Spielberg had an idea for, uh, first of all, he, (laughs) this is exactly how the system works. Uh, He made Close Encounters. Everybody loved it. The studio immediately wanted a sequel. And he was like, I don't want to make a fucking sequel to this movie. But also, I didn't want to make a sequel to Jaws. And they just made Jaws 2 anyway. So I better come up with something. And so he And they showed him. Yeah. He wrote a story that was loosely based on the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter, uh, which was where a Kentucky family claimed that they had been terrorized by gremlin-like aliens. Uh, 
I uh this uh this it definitely partic- sounds like a sequel to Close Encounters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this this per, uh, particular encounter was very funny uh, because UFOologists regard it as one of the most significant and well-documented cases in history, uh, while skeptics say that the reports were due to, quote, the effects of ex- excitement and misidentification of natural phenomena such as meteors and owls. They well, were talking about like these little two foot things with horns with glowing yellow <laughs> eyes and that they, were just coming haunting, out of nowhere. They're haunting cry. <laughs> this this, uh, this family this family went to the cops after shooting guns into the darkness for five hours straight, thinking that they were uh, about to be uh, abducted. Uh, but anyway, uh, so Spielberg did the original treatment with eleven malicious extra extraterrestrial scientists who were trying to communicate with chickens, cows, and other livestock uh, to discover Earth's animal species uh, to find out if they were sentient. And then uh, the fact that they were there, they sort of terrorized an unsuspecting family. And so uh, when uh, when our boy Toby came along, he was just like, I don't want to do that. Uh <laughs> I I don't like any of the sci-fi aspects. Let's right. throw that out. Let's just collaborate on a ghost story. Uh, uh, can I just say, Kevin, it's interesting that because I understand that the genesis of E.T. was also off of, it was like, I think it was called Night Skies. Mm-hmm. And there was a subplot in this movie that Steven had. Uh, Steven. I call him Steven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where there was a nice alien. We're a lot like, like each other. Like, I believe yeah. he like befriended like an autistic boy or something in the script. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and so anyway, that they were like, well, uh, I forget, uh, God damn, the, the screenwriter of E.T. She was like, That's, I want that story. Let's do that one. And so that right. became E.T. So he really was pushing this mm-hmm. Gremlin so, Alien movie for a while. And she, so, and she wrote a scene where, she, where E.T. was like, fucking Butterfinger sucks dick. And Spielberg's like, no, 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 come on. <laughs> they just cut. They just cut. <laughs> yeah, just cut. <laughs> Butterfinger so, sucks. Butterfinger sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're talking about the same thing. The... Uh, uh, there's a line in Close Encounters called uh, where somebody says, watch the skies. So that was the working title. They ended up uh. switching it to Night Skies. And yeah, in it, uh, the basically like the aspects of the story were there were a bunch of mean aliens and one nice alien. Uh, one of, there was like there was a glowing long finger that was used uh, to kill cows instead of uh, to heal them. And so like uh gremlins came off of this because there's like the nice mo- uh mowgli and then there's a bunch of like scary gremlins uh this came off of it because it was like supernatural forces terrorizing a family a nice alien uh which was uh the screenwriter you're talking about was actually harrison ford's girlfriend I, at the time I, melissa matheson i looked it up yes. I think she deserves to be named so yes melissa <laughs> matheson so yeah, Matheson. At the time, uh, she did definitely go as Harrison Ford's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> screenplay by Harrison Ford's girlfriend. Girlfriend. So yeah, uh, Stephen was working on the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. and uh, Matheson, like, uh, he showed her the script that he was working on, and she started crying just at the mm-hmm. idea of a nice alien because oh. it just it just yeah. hadn't really been done before. Because her encounters but, with aliens had all been negative. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you're for, and you're forgetting one more movie that branched off of that, which is Schindler's List. <laughs> There's and, some crazy and, deleted scenes. And why is that? <laughs> with the glowing finger. <laughs> Ray, Ray finds his yeah. glowing finger. 
I got a clean segue back to Poltergeist, which is one of the things I appreciate about this movie is it's from an era where they were just telling a story. It wasn't like, oh, this is a reference on a reference on a reference on a reference, right? It's sort of like Jurassic World syndrome, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's not even anything resembling a movie anymore. It's just like, hey, remember that thing from that thing? And, and, and Poltergeist isn't that. I mean, it stands on its own as a movie. It tell, you know, like it or not, like you don't need to get where its, where its influences are from. And I really appreciate that about it. You know? Mm-hmm. Let's go to reviews. Roger Ebert gave this film three stars. He says, bless his heart, this is all ridiculous, but Hooper and Spielberg hold our interest by observing the everyday rituals of this family so closely that since the family seems real, the weird events take on a certain credibility by association. That's during the first hour of the movie. Then all hell breaks loose. Nobody ever does decide whether a poltergeist really is involved in the events in the house or who the poltergeist may be. But if that doesn't prevent them from naming the movie Poltergeist, I guess it shouldn't keep us from enjoying it. That is a good point. They never really settle that it's a po- the Poltergeist. It, you could call this movie a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Beast. I, I, <clears throat> yeah. When, uh, when, <laughs> when they save the girl, uh, apparently the spirits are free and Zelda just goes, this house is clean. I was like, hey, what about that floating flaming skull? That, yeah. like, <laughs> I don't... It's fine. I'm out of here. You can, go, <laughs> you can move back in right away. <laughs> All right. Now we go to our heralded segment, Everyone's a Critic. Richard Lee of Rancho Cucamonga, great Ooh. town, gave this film one star. Richard Lee wrote, one star, boring. Richard Lee also gave five stars to Street Fighter Monopoly. He wrote, Street Fighter, why not? <laughs> five stars. He's a, he's a man of few words. Five he knows stars. what he likes. Yeah. He's got the kind of pacing that Justin and Mike <laughs> appreciate. <laughs> uh, we, we also have Jay, uh, who uh, falls under the category of, why, why are you doing this? Mm. Uh, Jay writes once or gives one star writes this was a really bad movie I did not like this movie at all I found it oh wait I'm looking at the wrong one that was Toby Hooper's original draft (laughs) of the script Spielberg looking at his cut I don't like this (laughs) we're gonna fix it I don't like this movie (laughs) Sorry, uh, I I thought I was reading a different one. Anyway, Jay, one star. This was a really bad movie. I did not like this movie at all. I found it corny, predictable, and not scary in the least. It seemed more like a spoof or a farce. Jay also gave five stars to Sharpie Tank-style highlighters. Yes, Obi-Wan, these are the colors I've been looking for. Whoa, Whoa, damn, that's a good review that you wrote. (laughs) (laughs) I did. It's actually, I have a lot of problems with that, but one of them is he's he's feeding Obi-Wan his own line. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's supposed to be like, yeah, he's talking to a storm. Anyway, I've got a lot of problems with that review. Lastly... We have the reviewer uh, that I was alluding to before, Movie Freak from Tampa, Florida. One star. This movie sucks. Family who live in a house located over a graveyard are terrorized by a haunting force 
who makes life for them a living hell and kidnaps their daughter, though the clown attack near the end is really scary. This movie is a mess of living dead aliens, ghosts, storms, you name it. A mess entirely. Boo. <laughs> you know, I think how much you like the clown scene is kind of a litmus test for me because I think it's kind of a dumb scene. But mm-hmm. there are people that, like when they remade the movie, it was like, the clown's on the poster. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry, the clown's going to attack somebody. I think it's because like, <laughs> the clown is like one of the things you remember as a kid of like, I don't remember a ton, but that fucking clown was super scary. Sure, sure. And when you watch it as an adult, like this is not scary. It's at, not scary. It's, you know, it, they swap it out for a different clown that's going like, eh. Well, you know, also it's like, like, it's cheap. It's cheap. <laughs> when he like goes, to choke Robbie, it's like a fucking Beetlejuice arm, you know, like spins around. Right. So, like that scene to me was not not the best. And that's the other thing. The uh, special effects in this movie are kind of hit and miss in places. That's true. There's sort of two different kinds of effects in this movie. There's the sort of like goopy, gross practical effects, which I think are awesome. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the sort of Raiders of the Lost Ark uh Spinning. visual effects. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I honestly, I'll take all of it over CGI any day of the week, but I agree. There's a little bit of like two houses seem to have worked on this. Well, like when you first see like that first like green smoke in the ghost, I guess, like in the very beginning, it's like, Mm -hmm. like a fucking like Alban Costello, you know, like overlay. It's pretty bad. Uh, Kevin, I'm just curious that review you just read, Uh was there any punctuation? Uh, Was that all one sentence? That was two sentences. Wow. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny, by the way, you mentioned that Robert, uh, uh, Roger Ebert, excuse me, Robert Ejert uh, uh, <laughs> liked it. Uh, I remember when I was looking it, uh, up on Wikipedia, I think before uh, the podcast, Gene Siskel, I think, gave it one star. Or mm. one yeah, one he one. hated yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, he always seemed to be swimming upstream, honestly. Like, come on, one star. He had no idea what the shit that was coming down the pike if he, if he gave this movie <laughs> one yeah. star. Uh, normally, uh, the segment Everyone's a Critic uh, does a five star followed by a one star. Uh, but as I talked about this person, Movie Freak, before, uh, Movie Freak has reviewed 30 movies. They've reviewed, uh, they have 30 reviews. Everyone is a movie. If you'll remember, the subject line was. This movie sucks. They of those 30 reviews, they have 13 subject line this movie is okay. They have 11 this movie rocks. They have 4 this movie sucks. Okay, that's a system. They mm-hmm. have 1 this movie is boring. Uh and then I'm going to read the two-star review for Hellraiser. It's the only one that breaks the pattern. Torn between okay and sucky. Mm-hmm. Very complicated flick about married woman who starts to have fantasies of a former lover who is captured by angels from hell. To make the long story short, great performances, but a really pitiful final product. Not scary at all, just gross and sick. Boo and yah. Boo and yah, everybody. Can you I've imagine... Been movie freak. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine being a movie reviewer that, like, wants to review movies? This is their whole thing. They're a movie freak. And their nuanced opinion is always, okay, rocks, sucks, Mm -hmm. or boring. And it seems like the only thing that scares them is uh, prepositions. Yeah. (laughs) She just keeps saying, this movie, Married Woman. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, you're a a critical studies major, aren't you? Film film criticism, uh, Kevin? Is that correct? 
Yeah. Uh, yes, indeed. Do uh, they cover, cinema... did they cover that? The, the this sucks. This rocks. <laughs> this uh, okay. We... We do go uh, from a sucks to rocks uh, metric for sure. Yeah, that, the semester you have to take like movies that suck. Ah, it's a, that's a rough one. Yeah, this movie I was definitely torn between okay and rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Should we head on down to Pippity Poppity Corner? Pop mm-hmm. it like it's hot. Who's Pippity going pop. first? Pop. pop. I'll go first. This is uh, this movie is. Um, just a bunch of popcorn just indiscriminately on, in the fridge. And I'm like, oh, I'll have some popcorn for, as a snack. And I just grab it and then I toss it on the counter. And I'm like, yeah, all right, I'm going to have some I'm gonna have some popcorn. <laughs> and then my face melts off. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when that happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for, for me, this is like... Uh, this is like a bunch of uh, popcorn-shaped chocolates uh, that I'm like taking a big bite of, and then I'm like, "Oh, there's popcorn in here." I thought this was just solid chocolate, and it's like it's still sweet, but like, baby, that's popcorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I- I'm gonna give this a um, an Orville Redenbacher, those old school '80s in the pan that you had to cook on the stove. Remember those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that when it. And it cooks, and you're like, oh, this is, like, how it's supposed to be, I guess. And then you eat it, and there's a slightly off taste, but it still reminds you of your childhood. Mm-hmm. And it's still good popcorn. It's not mm-hmm. bad. And it influenced all the popcorn that would come later. But you wish that popcorn would go to the police. I just wish that popcorn Disgust. would act like a person from time to time. <laughs> come on, popcorn. Be a person for once. Uh, I, I think I can understand from context this segment. So for me, <laughs> uh, this movie is a big bucket of popcorn. It's very pleasing to look at, and I'm eating it and enjoying it. And then I think there's a little more, and I put my hand in, and it's just a spiral of existential dread <laughs> from which I will never, ever fully recover from. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. When uh when like the kids are hanging off the bed and uh they're they're like possibly going to fa- like fall into this weird hell throat uh and she's like she's like uh grab my hand and the kid does it and then she's like now grab your sister's hand and they just do like that yes. weird like finger link i i was just like Robbie, are you trying to drop your sister? <laughs> yes. You have no grip. You have no strength. That's the easiest thing. To that fall was his apart. Uh, actor's secret that he secretly yeah. wanted her to be yeah. lost. But, but watching that that scene is specifically. I remember Elizabeth and I both turned to each other like they've never held a child's hand. They don't understand mm-hmm. yeah. how weak they are. <laughs> that's like that's an instant in, let go. <laughs> like, and in real life, Robbie got his uh, wish. Oh. oh, yeah. Well, we haven't we haven't talked about that. We you guys said you would. That. The, the, yeah, the, curse, the, the poltergeist curse. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, we can just say it really briefly. Yeah. I think the worst part about the curse is uh, obviously the uh, the older sister was murdered by her ex-boyfriend strangled uh, in her driveway. It's Famous such a case. horrible story, too. Yeah, yeah. When you look into it, it's like this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then nobody stopped it. And then afterwards, he was convicted of like manslaughter. Did three years, yeah. And then like changed his name and went to Portland. It became like continued being a chef. It's like such a gross mm-hmm. yeah. of justice. And then yes, Heather O'Rourke uh, died at twelve years old uh, during the filming of Poltergeist Three due to complications from an undetected bowel obstruction. Oh wow! I I think the most heartbreaking thing about it 
was that they knew something was wrong with her. Like during Poltergeist uh, 2, she had like her cheeks were all puffy mm-hmm. and she like just didn't look normal. And it was it was obviously that obstruction. But doctors never figured out what it was. Wow. And they're all buried in the same cemetery. So I've got one more pitch for you guys. Stay with oh. me. Ding. We build a house on that cemetery. That's it. Well, Dan, we cannot thank you enough for joining us. Uh, thank you. You've been gracious. You've been hilarious. You've got the gift of gab. Uh, please tell us where we can point our loyal listeners to to help support you. Oh, yes. Well, I also have a podcast. It's called A Podcast But Evil, uh, which I do with our mutual friend Doug Leaf. And it's a podcast all about villains. So every time we do an episode, we pick a villain from history or fiction or whatever and do a deep dive. Doug does all the research. You guys seem to distribute the research equally, but (laughs) Doug does all the research, and then I just come in and try to derail him. So it's called The Podcast But Evil, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, Fantastic. So, yeah, go check that out uh, wherever you find podcasts while you're there. Go ahead and uh, subscribe to us if you're not already. Leave us a rating because fucking face it, you losers. That was a great episode. You have to admit it. <laughs> yeah, you have fucking, to admit it. Fucking twats. Help us out yeah. a little bit. We're why, just well, you- why aren't we more popular? You fucking- <laughs> yeah, that was that was a five star ep. And yeah. if you don't think so, pull your heads out of your asses. Yeah. Uh, then go ahead and go over to Instagram and like our stuff. Yeah. please uh we we need uh we need the credit uh and we're and yeah. more desperate on twitch so every wednesday at six we kevin and i have been talking about it if you donate five dollars we'll play with our ding dongs on twitch <laughs> that'll do uh, it. that ought to work <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah uh uh enjoy the rest of your day uh whenever it might be uh eat shit die stay tuned <laughs> Bye. Bye. Okay.